the theme of today, which is Epiphany Sunday. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Ed Glaze. I'm one of the pastors here, and just an honor and privilege to uh, be here with you uh, as we start our new year uh, together. And as we do that, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Lord, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving to you. We are grateful, Lord, for the gifts that we receive from you. And we return back to you a portion of all that you have given us, oh God, uh, so we can show the world that indeed we do care. And we can also, Lord, show uh, the world the way to you through your son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to read a very familiar passage of Scripture to you. I bet every person in here and every kid in here can talk about the wise men, right? And Well, we're going to read their story today on this Sunday, which is Epiphany Sunday, where we honor what those magi so long ago did. And we're going to see how we can be imitators of I would say those wise guys, but uh, of those, those men uh, so long ago. Here, here now the word of the Lord has found good news according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to be the shepherd of my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. And they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that had, they had seen in its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star stop, they're overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then they opened the treasure chest, and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're just through the Christmas season, right? And I know Christmas is about getting and receiving gifts and giving gifts as well. So I, I got some cool gifts at Christmas. I got a nice light coat that was warm, which is kind of handy on a day like today. Got a new little sporty hat to cover up my balding head so I'd be warm in the wintertime. Very nice stuff. And you know, got some other cool things as well. But I don't know about you, but for me... I get more joy and more excitement out of giving gifts. And I won't tell you all the things that I surprise my girls with, but one of the things my wife and I did exchange with each other are tickets to Earth, Wind, and Fire coming up in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of y'all know who they are. Now, if you're too young to remember that, go look them up. 
But uh, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to groove tonight at that Boogie Wonderland. I'm, we're really looking forward to that. I mean, so that was a great gift that we exchanged with each other. I was excited uh, to help give her that gift and give her the, that certificate. But one thing that our dog Rosie and I gave to Alicia was, well, this. I mean, it was kind of exciting. Uh, I was so happy and excited when he opened this up. These are pajamas or running pants with a picture of our dog Rosie on it. There, you see? See? There, there they are right there. I mean, we just laughed and laughed and laughed when she opened that gift. She busted up and laughed, even though with her new hip and everything like that, she walked around the rec center in those things one day. So, yeah, yeah, there she is with our dog smiling away. Oh, I was so excited to give her that gift. I mean, gift giving is fun, isn't it? I mean, when you see the person that you love getting that gift, I mean, and see the smile on their face and how excited they are, well, it just brings joy to our hearts, right? Well, tonight, or today, we're going to talk about some guys that came out, it seems like at night, since there's a star shining, who are joyful about giving gifts uh, to the one whose uh, giftedness to us is, causes us to have exceeding joy. We're talking about the magi, the, the wise men. Now, you're going to hear scholars debate exactly who these fellows are. More than likely, they were astrologers in the priestly caste coming from the east, maybe Persia, but somewhere far to the east, that, that's what the text says. And they saw a star. You, some of you all might remember all the way from last year, I talked about how they were the only ones in all of the world that saw the star and responded to it shining in the night sky. I mean, they were the only ones. And we can get into that at another sermon, another time, why they were the only ones that responded and what they had to do to make that journey all the way to see the baby. But we do know that they were the ones that came. Now, we all think there's we three kings. We just sang about that, right? But the Bible didn't say there are three. There could have been two, could have been 32. We don't know how many they were, but they came to pay homage to this newborn king. They came to bring their gifts to this baby Jesus. They came to honor this one whose star was shining in the night sky. And it's very interesting to note this, that when they got to the house, to a very ordinary scene of a mama with her baby in her lap, Nothing extraordinary about that. You, you may have had that happen in your own household. You've been in a household that's happened. These three kings did something extraordinary. There's no miracle performed, no healing done, no sermon preached, no prophecy proclaimed. They just bowed down before this baby and his mama in a house, acting on what they believed to be true that this baby was heaven sent, that this baby was one to establish a new kingdom, a new order, a new way of life, a new way of living. And did you know what the text said? That when they got to the house, when they saw the star shining over the house, their hearts were filled with exceeding great joy because they knew this child was something, someone who's gonna do something magnificent, create something brand new for all the world, change everything. And in contrast to that, we see King Herod, you know, he's there saying, yeah, go see the baby, yeah, tell me where he's at. But we know just a few verses later that Herod goes and orders the death 
of all the children. That's my 856 alarm telling me to pray for revival. So let us be revived. Um, yeah, that baby was going to change everything. And King Herod, in response to that, well, a few verses later, we see that he's going to order that all the babies in the town of Bethlehem were going to be killed. All the babies in that area. We see that these wise men go and bow down before this baby and receive exceeding joy as they do so, even in the midst of the turmoil of the world around them. Even in the midst of the turmoil and the governments that rule, King Herod, a tool of the Roman Empire, they still have exceeding joy bowing down before Jesus. And I just want to let you remember this and know this. It's an election year. You probably already got stuff in the mail I did yesterday about all the things to vote for and not vote for and who's doing this and who's doing that. And I just want to remind everybody that our faith arose out of a time with a Savior born in an empire that was cruel and unjust, and yet a faith arose that touches our hearts still today. I want to remind you that this book that we revere, that we study, that we gain inspiration from, was written in its entirety by people who had no choice over who ruled them. And oftentimes, they did not like who was their sovereign because oftentimes the government was cruel and unjust. And yet, the people experienced joy. Because they bow down before the only one who can set our hearts on fire and who can fill our lives with joy. So it doesn't matter who's ruling in Raleigh or in Montgomery, it's, or still read the news back there, or in Washington. When we bow down before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, well, our hearts can be set afire with the power of the presence of God Almighty. We must remember that when it's so easy to get discouraged and get stirred up about what's going on in powers of government. We serve one who's greater than those. And he can fill our hearts, as the, with, as the wise men's were, with exceeding joy. So we pay homage, as the wise men did, to Jesus. We all know the gifts they brought. I mean, every kid in Bible school and Sunday school can tell you that what are they? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Yeah, we, we, all, we all know all those things. And it's very appropriate that you bring gold uh, to a king. We read in 1 Kings when the Queen of Sheba came to see the great and wise King Solomon, what did she bring? Lots of gold. We see that all that came to see King Solomon, the wisest a king that ever was, they brought him lots of gold. That is just something that you do. To bring somebody gold is to acknowledge that they indeed are a ruler, that they are indeed someone we are paying homage to, that we give our loyalty to. So these wise men bring gold as an acknowledgement that this baby is sovereign and Lord. And when we give our gifts of our treasure, we're acknowledging the same thing, acknowledging that, Jesus, you are our Lord. You are worthy of receiving these 
gifts that we give to you as a sign and a symbol that you are our king, that you are our sovereign. Now, Jesus is our friend. He, re- he is, but we got to realize that Jesus is a friend and not on equal terms. I mean, he's the king of kings and lord of lords, one that created everything. As most of you all know, I'm, I love history. I'm a, in, in my heart a historian. I love to read uh, history and biographies. And uh, there's several time periods that I really am fascinated by. One of them is the Napoleonic era, and because, uh, well, I was too late. I didn't see the Napoleon movie in the theater, but I'm looking forward to watching it here at some point. But in that time frame, one of the things I love about it is how the British Navy uh, fought against the, the, uh, Napoleon and his fleets. And, of course, the greatest admiral of that time period in the British Navy was Horatio Nelson. And Nelson was known as somebody... When he defeated an enemy, he was magnanimous to uh, the captains and the admirals of the enemy's fleet. A story is told one time that uh, an enemy who had been defeated knew about Nelson's uh, friendliness and is willing to receive somebody he had defeated with graciousness. So the man, the admiral who had been defeated, came aboard Nelson's ship, and he was about to stick out his hand to Nelson to shake it as an equal friend. And Nelson said this, Before I receive your hand, I must have your sword. Acknowledging the fact that this man who was going before Nelson had to show that he surrendered to him, and then they could be friends. Y'all, we as friends of Jesus, we have to at first realize that, yeah, Jesus, (laughs) you're God. (laughs) We're not on equal terms. You want to be my friend, but in order for us to have that relationship, I have to surrender myself to you. And that's what giving our treasure is a sign and a symbol of. We are surrendering ourselves to the one who's king of kings and lord of lords. The presentation of gold by these wise men and our giving our our treasures to the Lord is a sign and symbol. I'm surrendering to you. In, in our day and time, when oftentimes we're measured by our net worth, there's nothing more powerful that we can surrender than saying, take my gold, not a mite would I withhold, as the old hymn says. Yes, they gave gold as a sign and a symbol that we bow down and surrender ourselves to you, our king, our sovereign. Second gift, frankincense. Yeah, that's an odd thing. We don't often put frankincense on, but it is an expensive resin from that day and time. And we know from the book of Exodus that frankincense was the perfume used by priests to anoint themselves and anoint the temple. Frankincense is a sign of the priestliness of Jesus, that he came as a bridge builder. For the Latin word for priest is pontifice which is literally a bridge builder. So Jesus came as the Son of God to build a bridge between God and humanity. Jesus came to span the gulf between us and the holiness of God. Jesus came to provide the way for us to God. Jesus was a bridge builder. And the giving of frankincense is acknowledge the fact that this baby came to be a bridge builder for us and to God. And the question is, as we come before God and offer him gifts, are we bridge builders? Are we the ones who act as priests for the rest of the world? For as it says in 1 Peter 2, you are a holy 
nation, a royal priesthood, God's own people, a chosen race who proclaim the exceeding greatness of the one who's called you out of darkness into light. You hear that? Y'all are royal priesthood. Pontifexes, probably in Latin, pontifixi, I don't know. I didn't study Latin. You're bridge builders as followers of Jesus between God and this broken and hurting world. I know many within the sound of my voice, either online or in the room, are bridge builders. But I want, I'll tell you about one that I was acquainted with, a fellow named Jeff. Jeff was a man who was on fire, passionate about God, about helping others experience the grace of God in Jesus Christ. He was one that would give people who didn't have rides to have rides to go to therapy, to receive treatment for their addictions. He was one that always carried food with him. And whenever he saw somebody in need on the side of the road or around town, he would give them food. And whenever he'd give a ride or whenever he'd give out food, he gave what he called a train ticket to heaven. And he said, now, if you have some questions about Jesus or you want to know more about Jesus, here's my number. He'd hand out his phone number to these strangers. He said this. He said, I'm doing this because I love you and I love Jesus. And if you want to know more, here you go. He told me one time that we are all on a train bound for glory. And he said, it's our job to see that train is filled with other people. And when Jeff went on to receive his reward in heaven, well, that sanctuary was filled with people that were riding the train with Jeff. These folks from the community who weren't members of that church, but who knew that they had a place in heaven because they knew Jeff. You often hear me close our time together, our worship services, this way. May others know Jesus because they know you. May others know Jesus because they know you. Are we bridge builders to Jesus? Are we fragranced with the scent of frankincense? sweet-smelling perfume that radiates the aroma of Christ. Are we bridge builders? Are we acting like it? Do people know Jesus because they know us? The other gift, you know it, myrrh. Yeah, and myrrh is a sweet perfume too. It's often used for all sorts of anointing. We see in throughout the Old Testament it was used for various uh, services and things like that, but oftentimes it was used to uh, anoint the dead. It was an interesting gift to give, you know. Someone would say it'd be like giving a burial policy to a baby, but it, it wasn't maybe that specific. And the wise men were probably saying, here's these expensive resins, this frankincense and myrrh were given to you. Now you can sell them and go bunch of buy a di- bunch of diapers or whatever you needed, you know. Th- th- this is stuff that was valuable in that day and time. But Matthew is showing us in the giving of this gift of myrrh of the destination of this baby, that this baby would one day die for you and for me, that this baby one day would offer himself, his life, so that we might know true life. And we have to ask ourselves, what does it mean to die 
to self. The wise men show us that. You think about it. They were probably pretty well off in their homes, maybe in Persia. You know, there's arguments about that. But when they saw the star, they could have said, you know, that's a nice star. That's what a lot of us would do. You know, there it is rising in the east. But they gave up the comfort of their home. They gave up their own treasure. They gave up their own time. They made a trek between four and 700 miles, depending on where you place them, across a dangerous terrain to go to pay homage to a baby in a small village in a far-off province in the Roman Empire. They showed that they were willing to sacrifice, die to self, to give honor and glory to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They're acknowledging the fact that as they died to themselves in that way, that, well, this baby that was born in Bethlehem, bound for death, is a reminder that all babies die. They do. You're a baby, right? Guess what? Unless the Lord returns, we're going to face death ourselves. And the way that we can find true life is by dying to self. Uh, him that's in our... Wonderful United Methodist hymnal is praise to thee, all, God, all praise to thee, my God, this night. There's the title. And in it is a wonderful line that's teach me to live that I may dread the grave as little as my bed. And here's a line that we need to hold on to. Teach me to die that so I may rise glorious at the judgment day. We have to learn to die to self, to experience life, abundant here and eternal in in glory. So I ask you and ask myself, what do we need to die to as we come to this new year? What do we need to let go of, to relinquish so that new life might bloom forth in us? And maybe we need to die to the fact that, oh, I'm placing all my hopes on who's going to be the leader in whatever capital there is around Raleigh or Washington. Or Maybe that we need to die uh, to the need to be right all the time. Maybe we need to die to some habit. Maybe we need to die to a schedule that is so frenetic that it gives us no time to experience the quietness of the Lord coming into us with a still, small voice speaking to us. Maybe it's we need to die to be in control and surrender ourselves. But this baby came to die for us. How are we going to learn to die so that we can live for him? Yes, gold. We pay homage to God. Frankincense, we act like bridge builders like Jesus is for us. Myrrh, well, we learn to die to self so that through us Christ might live. Interesting, isn't it? These gifts mean more than just simple things we sing about on Epiphany Sunday. I started out this sermon about being excited about giving gifts. 
You know, I tell you what, I, I mean, we laughed and laughed and laughed about those rosy pants. I mean, it, 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 it was so much fun. And, you know, we are here talking about our gifts that we give back to God the, the, in our gold, our, our frankincense, our myrrh, our, our lives, our, our willingness to lead others to Christ and be examples for Christ, or our willingness to die for self. And God smiles when we offer even the smallest thing back to God. I mean, God was overjoyed by uh, these gifts that the wise men gave and, and overjoyed by even our smallest act of devotion. But get this, y'all. The gift that God gave to us caused the angels to sing. This gift that God gave in his very self and this babe born in Bethlehem, this baby Jesus caused all of heaven to rejoice. And God smiles. God light leaps with joy at the possibility of you and me receiving and accepting this great gift that he's given to us in Jesus Christ. So whenever you give a gift, all we're doing is imitating the great gift giver, this God who gave himself so that we might have life that's joyful and abundant here and eternal in heaven. So to experience that, bow before God, honor God with who you are. Learn to die to self so that others will know Jesus as they know you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.